Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? So for 2020, do you think the Loveland City Council is on Santa's naughty or nice list? (laughs) The way they spend money, Santa can't even afford the lump of coal. Ho, 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 and welcome to The Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik. Never a Santa, just the the Loveland Tadler. And with me here is the most joyous and jolly of all of the Santa elves here in Loveland. It's Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about necessarily the most joyous, but I am here. And, and really, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Happy everything for everyone out there yeah it is as we record this and i think the day it comes out may be the last day of hanukkah so we're we're in the heart of that season just uh i never understood what the heck the 12 days of christmas were i'm sure if i looked it up i would know i don't know if you or were if you watched a hallmark movie yeah maybe that <laughs> i i don't even know if you know this there's an old comedy act with dave thomas and rick moranis uh bob and doug mckenzie and there are a couple of Canadian guys. They do a 12 Days of Christmas where it's like six packs of smokes and four comic books and two turtlenecks. And after like day eight, they just give up because they're like, this is too hard. That's how I am. I'm more a, I'm more along their lines, but no, this is this. But you could live in my household, and I'm married to a man who tapes every Hallmark movie that there is, and so every night I have to watch a different Hallmark movie. And quite frankly, I've turned it into a drinking game because they're all pretty much this, just the same. So yeah, I uh, I don't know if that sounds like like uh, hell or other <laughs> kinds of hell. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> which hey i mean to go on with the christmas thing i i love this season every night i watch something that uh, a, a tv show that has a christmas thing or a, a movie or something like that so to each their own i guess is what i'm saying yeah we're not going to just talk holidays here pam we're doing this this is this is our last regular podcast of the year because we're it's the last city council meeting and during the pandemic we kind of we were going week to week and then we were going after each council meeting because there's no no media in this town that's covering the Loveland City Council Pam. Not in a critical manner at least. It's uh and the fact is, this council, I don't think anybody can debate, has done a really terrible job. I mean, they weren't suited to do a good job to begin with, but during the pandemic, they've cut the public out of everything, they've continued to waste money, and now that we're seemingly coming towards the end of the pandemic. I mean, we can see the tunnel. We know not just of the vaccine coming, but or has is here now, as a matter of fact, there's things that are happening. We, we know a lot more now than we did last March. Well, the Loveland City Council, Pam, they don't seem to know anything. They did one more meeting to end off their year last night. And there's a public hearing about the new development over at the Christman Farm, which, again, seems to have been rushed through as fast as humanly possible. There's a little bit of a discussion about public engagement, which we'll get to at the tail end of this podcast. But then I wanted to talk to you about, Pam, is as I watched them last night and as we talked about this, just the absolute awful wasteful spending they have had. And then the fact we're about to come into a budget year where there's just too much economic uncertainty. And what's the city council focused on? Throwing away $10 million on the useless garage. Do you have any thoughts about any of the economic woes of our city? No, but I would like to expand on some of the things that you said were the highlights of the last year, but also the last couple of years, and certainly to sets the tone, I think, for the councils that have been led under Mayor Kathy Bailey. In addition to the things you mentioned, 
uh, you also need to look at, they do a lot of legislation via emergency, which means there's no public in- input when there's via emergency. They've had a lot of backdoor meetings, which we've had council members who tell us that, you know, over pizza and in the hallways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what goes Neal- on behind this desk or whatever. Yeah, Councilman Neil Ori talks about a lot of stuff goes on behind the desk. And lots of secret agreements with developers, which has also been mentioned. Mr. Kennedy talks about when he proposes legislation to council and then there's a question in regards to it. And he's like, well, you know, I've already made the agreement with the developer in regards to that. Oh, okay. And then, quite frankly, you've got some of the, and this is not something we have talked about, is that there are some parcels of land that are up there in the Heights that have been transferred to the CIC and now have been bought by the developer. And that money, which is taxpayer money, isn't actually going back to the taxpayers. It's actually going into this new program that we don't really know anything about. What is interesting about this council, though, and especially that comes with our money, it is so blatant how they do it. And they claim this this mantle of, oh, it's great for the community. First off, we need to understand here that we're going into the, the fourth year of them being in control. And you go drive down Loveland Madeira Road, Pam, there are a lot less businesses open than there were four years ago. As a matter of fact, you go down Loveland Madeira Road, and let's go back eight years, okay? Let's just look at that. There was where the Starbucks development is. That was nothing eight years ago, and now it's that development. Where the now empty Hertz car lot, eight years ago, it was empty and nothing. But you know what? Four years ago, there was a business there. Now, I, I say all this stuff because this is a council that keeps talking about all this great things they've done downtown, which is very few, if any new businesses were built downtown, we are talking about, no offense towards these businesses, because I love you know anybody that's trying to, to make something, but these are not huge economic drivers. They're not huge revenue generators. They're not office parks. They're not doctors. They're not engineering offices. They're restaurants, coffee shops, boutiques. I mean, these are things, Pam, that we're lucky if we get a couple thousand dollars a year from them. But in turn, as everything down Loveland Madeira Road suffers, our city council just keeps giving money away. And these are a lot of heady issues we're going into, I know. But just these businesses that don't generate revenue, you know, they all have CRAs, Pam. They're not even paying proper taxes anyways. Right. Well, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I think, you know, we're coming into an election year. And you're right. Here are these four people who came into power four years ago. So, it is very valid to look at where we are four years later and where we, where we were coming out of. You're right. If you looked at La La Madeira Road, you have that whole Starbucks development that is completely full and with viable businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, you we keep calling have, it the Starbucks development, I would say. Starbucks, but there's, it, right, there's other, but we but say Starbucks because... there as well. Yeah, and they're big businesses, but we say the yeah. reason we say Starbucks, though, is... That's a pretty damn big company, Pam. Uh, it's a huge company, and they pay a lot of taxes. Yes. yes, they do. The other thing is, is you're right. We also had where, right, and, and now you look right next door where there was a viable business four years ago, and that was Indian Motors. Pretty big spot there, and now it's completely empty. The other thing is, is you have to remember the Commerce Park. The Commerce Park was... Almost complete. There were only two spaces there four years ago that did not have businesses in them. And 
thanks to a previous council, there was McCluskey Chevrolet. There were other businesses that went in there. Those are economic drivers. Mm-hmm. And it was because the focus was on the community as a whole. It wasn't just focused on downtown. This particular council, when they came in, the only thing that they cared about was downtown. And, okay, that's what we have now. The problem is, is again, those aren't, look at the track record in terms of what, of what they've accomplished. What big company have they brought in? None. What big thing have they built? Nothing. The only thing that they really want to build is a parking garage. A parking garage that is going to put our city in debt, that by the city's own admission, probably will be, most of the time, empty. That's their claim to fame. Pam, we're dealing... I I have to give them credit for one thing. Our downtown is a nice black and gray. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a (laughs) kind of ominous thing that you come into when <laughs> everything's I'm, black and gray yeah i mean i'm trying to go to downtown Except cindy's which is kind of purple which yeah, yeah. quite frankly i kind of did <laughs> i say i i love i love the difference i do i uh I do it's interesting to me because when i go downtown and i'm a loveland resident i have to remind i think maybe councilman ted phelps of that and you'll understand why i say that in a minute but i am a loveland resident so when i go downtown i'm trying to go to nature i'm trying to go to the trail i'm trying to go to the river and yeah, I have to go through this guinea little two-lane road with these bars hanging over me and just, yeah, this just like blackish, just, ugh. It's, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. I am all about beautification. Believe it or not, I really, really am. I mean, you come see the light display at my house. It's not as gaudy as other displays on my street, and you guys can understand that know where I live, know what I'm saying. But um, I, I, I like things that look pretty. And that's why I go to the bike trail. Downtown is, I, I don't know what their vision is, what their goal for downtown is, other than let's just give our friends whatever they want. But come on, Pam. I mean, we are dealing with six, at least six members of this council that think building a parking garage is akin to landing on the moon. So these are not exactly the... Uh, well, what was the term I used last time? The apex of intelligence or apex of creativity coming apex out of our city. Yeah. Well, I guess we could say apex of intelligence because it's really not there either. <laughs> um, it's yeah, still- and you know, the thing is, and I don't, as I just, you know, I'm, I'm listening, I'm kind of listening uh, back on, on some of this is we're not picking on downtown. I mean, downtown wants, to, if everybody wants to paint their buildings black and gray and whatever, I want a thriving town. I want, I want all of that. What I also want is a council, however, that is mindful of money. And this council is reckless with money. Remember, Ryan, what was it about six, seven months ago? All we heard was about that, the trestle, all the cars getting always stuck under the underpass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talked about, oh, well, we can solve this problem. We can install this Early warning system. Okay, first off, that was never even vetted. Nope. There was never a discussion on whether it even worked. But I know that we spent, as taxpayers, $30,000 on that silly thing. In addition to the grant that we got, which is also our money. Don't Mm -hmm. ever forget. That's public money. I know Dave Kennedy can talk all he wants about his expertise with grants and grants and grants. But at the end of the day, it's still taxpayer money. So they installed this system that hadn't even been properly talked about or vetted. And now we find that it probably doesn't work that great. But in addition to that, it looks terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's awful. 
I mean, that's the thing is we talk about how we want our pretty downtown and all the aesthetics and we want everything to look this way. And, and you look around and you're like, okay, well, you just put up these silly steel poles that look silly. And now what are you going to have? We're spending all kinds of money on what the uh, surveillance cameras. Yeah. Yeah. You were turning our downtown to like a police state. So yeah, but we have cameras everywhere. That, what yeah. we're basically going to have is basically steel and concrete at the end of the day. Well, I mean, that's so historic, Pam. That's another topic. Sorry. (laughs) It's just we're not picking on the businesses or anything. It's just this is what happens, though, when you have a council that doesn't have a plan, a council that doesn't ask questions, and a council that is reckless with money. This is what you end up with. Well, here, let me be the defender for a moment here. Pam, these people don't understand how to create economic opportunity. That's just it. They just don't know. Uh, be it uh, any single one of them. They have no idea how to do it. I mean, we have to remember that when Robert Weisgerber was the mayor of Loveland, he, quote unquote, brought the city down to fumes. We were going to have to cut cut police and cut fire and cut public works, the things that you absolutely need in the city, because they had spent so much money that they weren't bringing enough in. So obviously, Mayor Weisgerber at the time had no idea how to run a city and make it thrive economically. And you know what? When they tried to put a tax increase on everybody, they lost their majority. That's when you came on council. That's when Linda Cox became the mayor. And the four years you were there, Pam, never raised taxes, but somehow brought a bunch of money into the city. Because, I I mean, you have to accept my praise because I'm going to give it to you because you know how to bring money into the city. Now, was it exciting like a brand new bar? No. But you know what was excited me, Pam? As somebody who just moved to Loveland, I'm not paying higher taxes because the city is wasting money. So they don't get it. They don't know how to do this. They don't know how to increase revenue. I mean, Councilman Tim Butler, in the spirit of the season here, was visited by the ghost of Angie Sattel and then the ghost of Pam Gross and the ghost of Ryan Kulik or whoever it may be. And all of a sudden now he cares about all these economic issues facing the city. He cares about the transparency. He cares about the community engagement. But like when Councilwoman Sattel was there, he is a caucus of one. The rest of them won't even give him the time of day. So they don't know any of this stuff. Heck, Councilman Andy Bateman says that the garage is an infrastructure project, not an economic development project. Again, I want to ask him the question, explain to me what those two things mean. So let's be fair, Pam. I think ignorance may be part of their problem. (laughs) I I don't disagree with that. That's how I defend them. Okay, well, I don't disagree with that because when voters are going to the ballot box or when the candidate comes and knocks on your door and they tell you that they're going to do these things for the city, why don't you ask them what their plan is? Why don't people ask them, well, tell me how you're going to do that? Well, four years ago, their whole big thing was we're going to have better relations with the Chamber of Lions, which is not a Chamber of Commerce, and we're going to have better relations with the schools. Let's look at this four years later. Does anybody, anybody listening to this podcast, whether you like us or not, think that the schools have been financially responsible? And this is who our city council, led by Mayor Bailey and then the bobbleheads all behind her, this is who they want to be attached to. I mean, we need to remember the disaster that the school board has brought onto this city. And the fact that the superintendent, two school board members of the five resigned their positions 
I mean, it was it is an economic disaster what happened. And then the Chamber Alliance, again, we go back to what businesses are you bringing into this city? What are you you're taking a building that was burned that had a business in it and just putting another business in there? That's not growth. Okay. I know a lot of this comes down to because we've talked a lot about the garage, because the garage is obviously the most the, the biggest way that we can show how recklessly disastrous Mayor Bailey and her council are is they're all celebrating right now because, and this has not been approved yet, but the Ohio capital budget, which is every year just millions, billions of dollars that they put into capital improvement programs all over the state, there's $900,000 that is listed in the bill right now to give Loveland for their parking facility. And so they're all celebrating that. They're like, oh, look, $900,000. Pam, if you gave me $100 and I said, I'm going to go spend $10,000 with it, does that make any sense to you? I mean, you're an accountant. <laughs> no. Because that's what this is. Yeah. Go that's ahead. exactly what it is. Because if you look at it, first off, why they can celebrate that there'll be $900,000 in this, this two, I think it's a $2 billion capital yeah. uh, budget that they're doing. So $900,000 of it is going to be allocated to Loveland. But here's the thing. And you're celebrating 900000 Your parking garage is anywhere between twelve to $15 million. $900,000 is a drop in the bucket. But here's the other thing with it. You've already spent in excess of a million dollars on the pile of dirt on acquiring the land. You've already spent a million dollars. That means that $900,000 is actually going to go or should go into what you've already spent. So we're still back to $12 million yeah. with nothing applied to it. And with no revenue that, model, with no is, economic these, study. These people, these council members, they get up there and they talk a lot, but they never say anything and they never answer any questions. And then also going back to something you said earlier is that they came into power promising that they were going to be transparent, that they were going to be community advocates. They have been none of those things. As I said in the very beginning of the podcast, when you do legislation by emergency, and they have done lots of legislation by emergency, that's not transparent. That is not getting input from the community. That is breaking your promise. Well, again, here, I'm going to give them a faint defense that before they're bad at economics. Pam, you need because, to stop that. Well, hold on. They're, there's a, I'm being sarcastic, but they're, they're, they're bad at economics because they're just ignorant. They just don't know. They just don't understand how it the works. Thing is, it's not only that they don't know, they don't even ask. Well, so and even when somebody does ask, they just ignore them. So when I, we say, I say they're bad at at economics because of ignorance they're bad at transparency pam because they just don't care what the loveland what the general person in loveland thinks mayor bailey and her acolytes the only thing they care about is what goes on in a back room that nine hundred thousand dollars was a handshake deal between people they know in columbus had nothing to do with this community and they get that money they're going to now say well now we must spend it which means we must build the garage which means we still had zero public hearings about building that garage at the last meeting, Councilman Butler moved to have a public hearing at the end of January about the garage. Just let the public know everything we have so far. Because obviously they're moving forward on trying to secure money from the state and they're moving forward on building, having a design. They're moving forward. I mean, we already said they spent a million on the dirt pan. They spent another $100,000 or more on just other things before they've even broken ground. So... Councilman Butler called for a public hearing thinking, just let the public know what's going on. Because look, I think he knows 
that not just us, but other people in this community are very concerned about this garage. So why not get the public in front of council so they can hear their concerns at this point in the process? Well, even though Councilman Bateman seconded the motion, he still voted it down, and they all voted uh, Tim Butler down one to six. Which, again, you second a motion and then you don't vote for it. I I mean, I, you can technically do that. It just is... It, it doesn't make sense, okay? Again, I don't know if these people know how to do their job, Pam. But in that, when Councilman Butler just wanted the public to come and be able to hear what the city has so far, they don't have to create anything new just so far what the city has. I want to play what Councilman Ted Phelps said about why the public doesn't have to, or why this city council does not have to be transparent with the, with the taxpayers of Loveland. So I think the merits of this have have long roots in the community, and we've heard that it is something um, that will better our community, and I am not aware of any corners of the community that are saying strongly that this is not the case. Uh, I understand concerns about the financial aspects of it. Um, I think certainly um, that is, we've not been playing hide the ball in any respect on that in terms of what this is likely to cost, how we're going to fund it, what it will mean in terms of uh, debt that's carried by the city going forward. The exact details of that have yet to be developed, as my colleagues have said. And again, I, I don't think um, we have any problem <laughs> rolling out as much information as we have. But I have to say, I think this project has significant traction and should not be derailed. So you heard him, Pam. Nobody in Loveland. He's heard of nobody that's against this garage. <laughs> well, Ryan, <laughs> I know two people who are not named Ryan and Pam <laughs> who actually spoke at a council me- meeting who voiced their opposition to the parking garage. I guess Mr. Phelps wasn't listening on that particular evening. In addition to that, and you know this too, we've received several emails mm-hmm. from people who say, I don't want this parking garage. I don't understand Mr. Phelps and his whole generalization that, you know, everybody in the community wants this. No, they don't, Mr. Phelps. Well, when you try to convince yourself into something that's not true, that means there's something wrong with your brain. When you try to hide from credible opposition as a public official, that means you're a coward. That's a harsh word, but that's what it is. That is a cowardly statement. And if you are not able to withstand, again, credible questions about this garage, how much money will it make? How much money is it going to cost the taxpayer? Then you, you are being a coward is all I can say. And the other six members that just sit and support that same line of thinking, you're all cowards too. I agree (laughs) with that, Ryan. So before we go into the revert back into the more festive mode of this podcast, I do want to play one more thing because this is, guys, next year is an election year. It is four of those members of the city council can be voted off, which means you can get four new people and you can end the just lunacy of Kathy Bailey's fiscally irresponsible regime. And that's important in the school board. And we're going to talk a lot about that. As a matter of fact, I said this is our last new podcast of 2020, 2021, we're going to come out first week and we're going to start laying the groundwork for what we believe needs to be done. But part of that is I'm going to allow, after the ghosts of all visited them, after you and I and Angie and everybody showed Mr. Butler his past, present, and yet to come, and he woke up a new man 
trying to defend the taxpayers. I want to play something he said at the end of last night's meeting about the commitment they made as a city council. My purpose was to identify the need for complete dissemination of data, information to the community. I'm actually encouraged, lost the motion, that's fine. I'm encouraged to hear from my fellow council members their commitment. And I'm, I'm keeping you to that commitment. I'll keep reminding you of that commitment before ground is broken on that garage to schedule this public hearing, provide all the data, all the information to the community so that they can know. These, there are taxpayers, there are constituents. They deserve to know the financial burden that they're taking on, the revenue that is anticipated from the garage, so that they can go in with eyes open and perhaps, you know, as Council Member Phelps said, we've got widespread public endorsement of the facility. I have my doubts from people that I've talked to, but that's okay. We'll find out at the right time. So I'm encouraged to hear from my fellow council members their enthusiasm for a public hearing at the right time for the complete dissemination of data. January 26th isn't the right time. That's fine. But what I'm counting on is your commitment to have that hearing before ground is broken on that garage. Pam, that's what we're going to hold them to because that's what they set forward and it, that includes Mr. Butler, too. He's in council for four years. He doesn't get one year to erase three. So we want that council to know, you guys, you are going to be held account, more so than you have heard from us in the last two years. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, Ryan, because the other thing is I want to tell people and the council members as well is your words are on tape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we have them. And don't you dare forget, especially you four that are running, don't you forget that we remember, I have a very long memory. <laughs> I know exactly the things that were said, and the public will be reminded of the things that you said. Yeah, and with that, the Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode was written, engineered, mixed, and all the good technical stuff here by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. Uh, first thing I want to say is 2020 is um, this year hasn't been like many other years in our lifetimes, I think you would say, Pam. <laughs> and and with that, I, I want to thank the audience that for sticking with us, but not only for sticking with us, because we saw great growth. This podcast has always been growing during the time, but during the pandemic, not just a lot of people, a lot more people listening to us, but people engaging with us. And and holding us to account, saying, hey, you guys said this and it wasn't totally true. Or at the other time, saying, hey, I really like the way you said this. I didn't agree with you in the past, but I agree with you now. So I want I want to thank that audience, and I hope you all have a, a great Christmas, holiday season, happy new year, and are ready to hit the ground running in 21. This is going to be a different, uh, different and a difficult holiday season for my family. I do hope, though, that everyone does look around and understand the blessings that we have here, uh, not only with our families, but also with the great country that we live in and the community that we live in. And I hope that you'll think about if you're uh, not happy with the way that things are, I do hope that you will step up to the plate and let's change some things. Let's run for council. Let's make some changes because we all deserve uh, a great, thriving, wonderful community. And uh, so I just happy holidays, everyone. I hope, gosh, hopes the, new, the coming new year is better uh, than 2020 <laughs> has been. 
But everyone, give big hugs to your family and count your blessings because we are very, very blessed here, all of us. So with that, be informed, be involved, be influential. 